Well, we will see because I have St. Louis in the number seven spot, actually. And there's a team on the hat that Harper is wearing that's going in the number six spot for me. And that's the Arizona Coyotes. You're now listening to the Boys in the Booth podcast with your hosts, Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne and Casey Abrams. That's a big one. That's a big one. Yeah. Good evening and welcome to the Boys in the Booth podcast. This is episode 181. Cody Abrams and Melbourne with you for this one as our uh, division rankings continues heading into the 23-24 NHL season. We're going to be talking about the Central Division in this episode. We talked about the Pacific last week. If you haven't done so already, you can go and listen to that episode wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, But before we get into everything, boys, how we doing? Doing good, Harp. Uh, just trying to fit in as much golf as I can in these last like two months before I can't play anymore. And uh, I mean, I got out like three times in the last four days, so it's going good. Holy, I feel like I haven't golfed in weeks, man. You're making me jealous. I need to get out at least a few more times before you know the snow comes because we're getting towards that time of year. Uh, I'm doing well generally. Just wanted to say I'm not exactly sure how the hockey world feels about Mike Babcock today. It seems to be mixed messages, and I know you guys were talking about that earlier, so just wanted to bring that up. Not sure. Do we hate him? Do we love him again? Who knows? Anyway, Harp, how you doing? I, uh, I'm good, man. Uh, speaking of the golf thing, I, I haven't played in, in a little bit uh, as well, so definitely want to get in a few more rounds. I know that my brother and I are talking about doing some kind of scramble thing um, first weekend of October. You know, if you guys are around and want to get in on that, by all means. But, uh, you know, something like that I think would be good to finish off the season, so hopefully get out a few more times. Yeah, the whole Babcock thing, interesting today, but uh, maybe we'll talk more about that when we uh, focus on the Metropolitan Division next week. But anyway, doing good and getting closer to the hockey season. Yeah, it's just a great time of year because we're only like, what, maybe a week away from preseason, maybe a week and a half, two weeks away from preseason. So we're at training camps right now. The Leafs just announced their Traverse City lineup with all of the prospects for that. So exciting times and uh, certainly looking forward to the NHL season and fantasy as well. But before we get into this episode, we're going to talk about the Central, like Harper mentioned. I wanted to do another one of my fun little games, which I know you guys just love so much. Uh, And what we're going to do today is a snake draft of the top six defensemen in the NHL coming into the 2023-24 season. So Harper, I'm going to go to you first, then Casey, then myself for the three and four pick, and we'll do it as a snake. So Harper, who is the best defenseman in the NHL? It's a bit of a lob ball. Well, it's uh, it's Kale McCarr, of course, of the uh, of the Colorado Avalanche, and uh, you know, health obviously is is a big factor for him. Uh, he was pretty banged up uh, for a significant amount of time last season, and uh, I think if he can stay healthy and play a full eighty-two games or close to that, I mean, this guy's got a chance at at the Norris Trophy for years to come yet. And uh, that nine million bucks looks like an absolute bargain goon for him already so Kale McCarr number one yes the only defenseman over the last three seasons that is above a point per game and we thought he had a down season last year uh, we haven't seen anything yet Casey who are you taking at number two 
funny. I don't think number two is as clear as number one, but um, I think I'm going to go with Adam Fox as much as I love to hate on the guy and I love to hate on the Rangers. He's dynamic back there, um, moving the puck as well as playing defense. I don't think people give him enough credit for the defensive side of things, but he's up near a point per game every single year. And he seemingly came out of nowhere and is now definitely, in my opinion, the second best defenseman in the league. Yeah, that's a good pick. I also had Fox at number two. That's where I would have gone if I were in your position. Number three and four to me now. Number three, I'm going to go with Roman Yossi. He's second in points among defensemen over those last three seasons, like I was mentioning, even though Kale McCarr is far above in terms of points per game. Uh, But Roman Yossi in the three spot makes a lot of sense. Um, Just one of the best all-around defensemen in the NHL and has that incredible offensive upside as well. Number four, here's where it gets really tricky for me because there are a lot of guys who could fit into the four, five, six spot, but I'm going to go actually with Rasmus Dahlin. And I know Harper wouldn't have brought up Dahlin. I feel like he's too nervous to to have a hot take like that on the pod. He might seem biased, but I think Dahlin has solidified himself in the upper echelon of defensemen in the league. I know I haven't mentioned a guy like Hedman or McAvoy or Heiskanen or Carlson who won the Norris last year year or Dougie Hamilton. All of these guys are good defensemen, but I have to go with Yossi at three and Dallin at number four. Okay. Yeah, love it. And uh, is it me now, number five? No. Nope. <laughs> Going to KC for <laughs> no, number shoot. five here. It, Sorry, Har- you know what? Eventually, Harper will learn how the snake He'll draft <laughs> operates, but yeah, KC yeah, number exactly. five. <laughs> yeah, I'm having a tough time here. I feel like Eric Carlson's a lob ball here, but when I think of the last few years and maybe the years to come, I'm going to pivot. And I think I will go with Charlie McAvoy. Um, probably the best two-way defenseman that we've mentioned in that he plays the game so well in his in his own end, as well as contributes offense. And I expect him to contribute even more this year because they're going to need it from him. So he was only in the fifty high 50-point 50 range last year. but. Uh, He's just so good defensively, and he's going to shut down any top line in the league, um, except for maybe a McDavid out there or something like that. But I just would feel so safe having him on my team on defense at all times. So I'm going to go with Charlie McAvoy. Yeah, that's a good pick. Like I mentioned, there were four or five guys who would make sense for number five and six. Uh, And with that being said, Harper, who are you taking as the sixth best defenseman going into this season in the NHL? Yeah, my bad. I'll uh, I'll pay more attention the next uh, snake draft. I'll get it right at some point, boys. But anyway, yeah, it, it, it gets tough at this point. But I got to go with Miro Haskinen. Chad, you mentioned him a, a moment ago. Uh, 73 points last season. That was a career high for him and was certainly in Norris conversation. I did think that NHL Network had him a little high in that list that they came out with uh, this summer. I know you guys saw that as well. But um, I, I I mean, it's only a matter of time before this guy wins a Norris as well. And uh, he definitely is the catalyst on that blue line for a very good Dallas Stars team that we're going to be talking about in this episode. So, yeah, absolutely. Miro Haskinen uh, to finish it off. 
Good pick. No bad picks there. I mean, we're missing a guy like Hedman, who I feel like after a down year last year, maybe we're underrating him a bit going into this season. I don't think he's washed up quite yet, guys. Um, but I mean, we're all at fault for that one. He's still going to be a good player. Eric Carlson coming off the Norris Trophy, one we didn't mention. Dougie Hamilton also up there in terms of his two-way play. So those are three guys that I thought could have been on the list, but just missed out. Yeah, for sure. Another guy who, you know, I think misses out, but I would put him in the top 10 is Quinn Hughes as well and and uh, just became captain of the Vancouver Canucks, as we know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, stalling tactic, for sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> All right, uh, let's get into it, boys. So our uh, our preseason uh, predictions, rankings uh, for the Central Division. So, of course, uh, wrapping up the Western Conference with this episode. And uh, I got to say, I agree with, you know, a, a lot of the um, a lot of the, the talk uh, around the Central heading into this season that, you know, outside of two, maybe three teams, it's kind of wide open from there a little bit um, in, in the middle there between, you know, four and let's say seven it's you know it's kind of wide open so uh let's let's get into it here and uh starting with uh with number one at the top in case we'll go to you first what's up guys thanks for making it this far into the podcast we hope you're enjoying the show so far i just want to let you know that we're still doing a limited time merch drop over on boysinthebooth.com shop we're selling t-shirts long sleeves hoodies crew necks sweatshorts slides you name it we're selling it at boysinthebooth.com so head over there and check it out when you can Every single purchase allows us to improve the quality of our podcasts going forward. Plus, you get to wear some awesome gear too and support the boys. So we'd really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. This podcast is sponsored by Liquid IV. Whether you're staying active or nursing a hangover, Liquid IV has you covered. Just one stick of Liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates faster and more efficiently than water alone. There's plenty of awesome flavors, but my personal favorite is Lemon Lime. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code BOYS underscore in underscore the underscore booth at checkout. That's 20% off anything in the store when you order using the promo code BOYS underscore in underscore the underscore booth. Experience better hydration today with Liquid IV. This podcast is sponsored by the best ticket app out there, SeatGeek. SeatGeek takes the confusion out of buying tickets, making it quick and easy to get the best deals on tickets to your favorite sporting events. Plus, Boys in the Booth listeners get $20 off their first ticket purchase on SeatGeek with the promo code Boys in the Booth in all caps. So click the link down below to download the app and remember to get your discounted tickets using the code Boys in the Booth in all caps. Get great seats for a fraction of the cost with SeatGeek. Yeah, it's interesting with the Central. Um, there's definitely been a lot of talk about how open it is, but I don't think it's nearly as open as we were talking about with the Pacific, where I'm pretty locked in at one to three personally, and four and five, you could flip those two, six, seven, eight, I'm pretty locked as well. So I'm kind of against the, I guess, the general consensus here. But for number one, um, I don't think there's any surprise here based off my history and the color I have behind me. If you're not watching a video, that is green because I believe the Dallas Stars are going to win this division and they're going to finish fairly high in the whole league. Um, I just really love their ads this year. I think Duchesne is a a ridiculously sneaky pickup and it's going to contribute very good or um, 
a lot of goals at least you know he's only one year removed from a 40 goal season but when i look at the offense this team has kind of always lacked star scoring since the kind of I'll say downfall of Ben and Sagan, except they seem to be back last year at least. Um, even when those guys were really clicking, like the Art Ross season from Ben was still in the 80 point range. So they've always lacked that star scoring. Well, it's here now. Robertson is that star scoring. Rupe Hints is right up there as well. If he can play a full season, he's going to be in that 80, 90 point range, no problem. So they have the star scoring, but talk about depth on this team. Their forward core is stacked top to bottom, and then they still have young guys trying to crack this team like Logan Stankoven. Like I'm really hopeful that he can be a top six mainstay, and then I love this team's bottom six even more because that pushes a guy like uh, Duchesne or Dadanov or Sagan down to the bottom six, and then they get even better. I mean, they had five players over 70 points last year, seven 20 goal scorers, one left in Domi, but one comes back um, in Duchesne. And then they had two 30 goal scorers and then J-Rob at 46. So goals is not going to be a problem with this team whatsoever. And then again, Duchesne, that that only adds to it. Um, Fourth best goal differential in the league last year. That's something to keep in mind because they don't only score goals, they keep it out of their net. And this decor is deep deep heiskanen is a stud harp just took him as the sixth best defenseman in the league and i can agree with that he's one of the best skating defensemen in the entire league for sure and i love watching him move the puck um it takes a bit of a step back from heiskanen but two to six are still very strong on this team it's a deep decor so i'm happy with that and then ottinger we've already ranked him very high um in terms of goaltending this year harper may be a little too high but (laughs) You know, I, I can I can get behind it. He was great last year. I think he's going to be even better this year. He's going to play a lot of games, but they still have Wedgwood, who was a very competent backup last year, maybe the best year of his life. So um, that had them at fifth in save percentage last year. So goaltending, obviously not a problem. Their power play was fifth in the league. Their pe- penalty kill was third in the league. I cannot find a problem with this team. So that's why I have them winning the division. Okay, I had a feeling you were going to pick Dallas to win the division. I actually picked Colorado, not Dallas, um, but I even mentioned in my notes that I was very flexible to go one and two for those two teams in particular. Um, I'll stick with Dallas just for the sake of this opening conversation. Um, But the reason I was between those two teams is because last year, Colorado finished with 109 points, won the division. Dallas finished with 108 and came in second place. So these two teams are pretty much equal in my mind. They both made some some big additions. You mentioned a lot of them up front. I love their forward group. It's maybe one of the deepest in the league. They have a great mix of young players and veterans. So the forward group, I think, is better than Colorado's. Um, But my one concern and why I put Dallas number two is just the defense. You already kind of alluded to it. You know, Heiskanen is far and above the best defenseman on this team. But then... I am kind of of the opinion that after that, the drop off is more substantial than people are giving it credit for, because I don't think a a player like Essa Lindell is as good as he once was. Same with a player like Ryan Suter. I don't know. The back end just doesn't look as scary to me compared to Colorado's who might have one of the best back ends in the league, in my opinion. So that was the big difference for me. And then goaltending, while I do think Dallas's is better going into this season, I think 
that's only because Ottinger is so good. And Wedgwood, of course, had a good year last year. I expect him to be a, a full-time solid backup this season as well. I just think with a tandem situation of Georgiev and Francouz could be a better situation if one of them gets hurt, as opposed to in Dallas, if Ottinger gets hurt, that's kind of, you know, that could be their season or at least could have them not finishing in first place. So for those reasons, I had Colorado number one and Dallas number two, but I am flexible to go back and forth. I'm interested to hear what Harper has to say about Dallas, though, and where you pick them. Yeah, well, uh, you know, I've got uh, I've got Dallas winning this division as well. I do, although uh, very fair arguments uh, against them winning the division and, and moving down to, to number two. It's it's one or the other, right? It's either it's Colorado or Dallas's division, and then we'll see where everything else falls. But I, I got to give the edge to Dallas. Just so much firepower up front. Matt Duchesne for $3 million. Are you kidding me yeah. on a one-year deal? I mean, that is just going to be fantastic, I think. I, I can't see how it wouldn't be. Jake Ottinger, you guys know I'm high on him, and, and and uh, just, you know, the guys that they have now that are going to be there for a long time and the guys that they have coming, just the multiple layers and everything, this team is going to be a contender for a long time. But it's interesting what you mentioned about the back end because I, I do agree that, uh, you know, a lot rides on Haskinen. There was talk about Ryan Suter possibly being bought out in the offseason. He didn't look great in, in the playoffs. So I'm looking at Thomas Harley on the blue line being able to really take a step. He was a first-round pick, and you know that he's going to have a bigger role. Again, we've seen that Dallas has been able to bring in so many talented kids that have just emerged as stars for them, and I think that Thomas Harley could be the next one. So um, we'll, we'll have to see. But uh, this team is is a Stanley Cup contender, Final Four appearance last year. And so I got to give the edge to Dallas at number one. Yeah, I mean, when I'm looking at the decor, I, I think about how it's essentially the same as last year. Sure, Suter's older, but Heiskanen's older, and that's going to be very crucial for them, as well as Thomas Harley and a couple other um players but i just i i think that slndall is an underrated defensive defenseman i don't think that he's contributing much on the offense but i don't think that they need that when you look at the forward core and it's the same as a hackenpah who is a very you know a bruising defensive defenseman and then you have harley and heiskanen that can move the puck um you know maybe they add one more defenseman that might be beneficial to them but i'm really not that worried about their decor and then when i look at colorado i think that they they lack a sixth defenseman on that team i think that jack johnson's a seventh at best so they might be lacking there as well as i i trying to remember the analytics of uh gerard but i'm pretty sure that he has an unfavorable outcome in the advanced analytics whenever he's on the ice for colorado so that bottom pair does give me a little bit of worries where i don't think any pair on dallas is going to give me any scare and it is the same as last year and again fourth best goal differential in the league um sure ottinger probably had a lot to play in that but i think that the defense of this team as a whole is what really you know holds them above colorado and then when I look at Colorado, if, if you want to kind of get into them, because I do have I do have them at number two, I look at a team and I, I see a team that has a lot of new faces. So it's a little more 
difficult to look at them last year and try to gauge where they're going to be of course they have the core together they have the defense is kind of stuck together so um there is that but i think there's five or six new faces on forward for Mm -hmm. them so i'm a little curious to see how that can work out i really hope that Druan can finally find his legs on this team and, and get back to you know where we expect him to be he's going to be playing with mckinnon again that's that dynamic duo from major junior so that's going to be fun and i do like all their ads i think that wood can be an effective player in a different jersey than new jersey um i love ross colton as a kind of third c i think that's going to be great i think that he's going to be another one of those players that may succeed from moving away from tampa bay as he's going to get more ice time but i also see some gaps that have been left in a evan rodriguez and a jt confer um you know you're going to need Ryan Johansson to be a JT comfort, and I don't know if he is that guy. And you're going to need Thomas Tatar to come in and be an Evan Rodriguez, which I think that's more likely. 20 goals, I think 48 points last year. He's a plus 41. Uh, So he does have a good impact, but he's not a line driver. Evan Rodriguez was kind of driving that line last year, whereas Thomas Tatar, he needs someone cutting up the middle with speed because he lacks that speed he has some good iq and good hands good shot but he lacks the speed for sure um moving on to the defense i do love you know that that top pair is probably the best in the league uh and they do have a good second pair if bowen byron can stay healthy and playing along with a um uh name blank josh manson don't skate with your head down when he's on the ice uh but the bottom pair does give me a little bit of worries. Goaltending was fantastic last year. So I'm not worried about them at all. Now they kind of have that that three goalie rotation we've talked about before that you need to be successful in the NHL. As long as Anunan can take another step forward, he kind of struggled last year at times. Um, yeah, this team, they I think they were eighth in goal differential last year. Their power play was sixth. But their penalty kill was 17th. So I do give the nod to Dallas because they're still the same team with, you know, Duchesne in the mix and Sam Steele playing in the bottom six and then some younger guys cracking their roster. So I just like Dallas a little bit more, although I think Colorado is a lock at number two. Yeah, I also agree that they're a lock at number two. Like I said, I was pretty flexible to go either way, one and two. And uh, I agree with a lot of what you said. I think Duchesne is a sneaky good ad for Dallas. And I guess between these two teams, Dallas got the better former Pred in Duchesne as opposed to Ryan Johansson in Colorado. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. I'm okay with doing that. Dallas number one, Colorado number two. Um, You mentioned a lot of new faces. That's something I didn't really take into account. I liked a lot of their ads, but, you know, chemistry is, of course, always can be the end-all be-all when it comes to scoring so it'll be interesting to see how a player like Tatar does given the fact that you know he was just signed today so he didn't even know where he was going to be playing until literally a few hours ago so um, but I do think that's a good signing and I'm surprised it took this long because he's a good player and I think he'll be a good middle six uh, scoring option for them and maybe even get some power play time on the on the second unit so uh, all of that being said you know even though Colorado is going to be without Landeskog again this year unfortunately I think yeah. they have gone shopping 
in the discount section and come out with uh, some, some pretty good finds in, in terms yeah. of the players that they picked up. So number two in this division makes so much sense. Yeah, absolutely. They've uh, they've gone shopping in the clearance section and and they've uh, they've added some some pretty good bodies. It'll be interesting to see how everybody gets acclimated, but you know they're all good players that they've added. The Woods, the Tatars, Druan. I'm really curious to to see him. I, I think that uh, this is going to rejuvenate him a little bit, getting out of Quebec and and uh, you know reuniting with with Nathan McKinnon. Look, they're only a year removed from a Stanley Cup. And after a full off season where everybody can get healthy, they were so banged up last year. Injuries almost ruined this team last year. And uh, there was fear, you know, kind of late in the season, you know, whether or not this team was going to make the playoffs. And so I I feel like, you know, health is a big thing. A lot of new faces, but, you know, the core of the team is still there. And like I said, they're only a year removed from a Stanley Cup. And uh, that uh, that could be a three-headed monster down the middle. If Johansson can stay healthy with McKinnon and, and Ross Colton, he's a hell of a player. That could be quite the center core down the middle. And, and, uh, that could work out nicely for for the uh, for the Avs. So yeah, number two in this division. Well, move on to number three, shall we? Yeah, yeah. Let's get into that uh, to that number three spot. And and for me, this is where it it kind of gets interesting. I you know, although I have a feeling that you know we we may all have the same team in the number three spot, but let's get into it. Case. Yeah, I actually have Minnesota at number three, and. Really, I have them as the last playoff team in the Central, perhaps, because the Pacific's got, you know, a good chance at taking both of the wildcard spots. Although, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it gets split. Minnesota, a lot of subtractions from this team and not a lot of additions other than obviously young guys coming into this lineup. But somehow the subtractions did not really affect any of the goal scoring. And I think that that kind of eased my mind a little bit when I looked into it a little further. Um, You know, it's usually a team that is scored by committee. They had some guys step up two years ago that, you know, kind of shocked us in a Foligno and uh, Hartman being, you know, kind of leading it. But now they have Kaprizov and Boldy, who are that, that, that star scoring. Zuccarello somehow in the last two seasons has just avoided father time and is just putting up unbelievable numbers. So they still have him as well. And then there's lots of depth on this team. Um, a, a lot of guys can contribute and at the meantime play some some meaningful defense when it comes to forwards. One thing that kind of worries me about this team is I think they lack a true number one C. I don't think that's a bold take at all. And I think that's everyone's opinion of this team. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, if a Marco Rossi can reach that potential within the next next three years or if they're going to have to go out and find someone. And uh, when I look at the back end, I I mean, kind of no surprise that. Minnesota has a good decor. I think it's always been the case, but I thought that it was going to take a step back losing Adamba and, and Klingberg this year. But there's two guys that stepped up last year and are going to replace that that those spots no problem. Middleton has really stepped up as a fantastic defensive defenseman. I think he led the team in hits and blocks last year. He's going to play along with Spurgeon again, and that's going to be a great shutdown top pair. Kale, uh, Callan Addison is another guy that stepped up big time last year. 
some say that you know maybe he needs to work on the defensive side of being a defenseman but i looked into the analytics and he was he had the highest share of goals for on this entire team at like 66 percent of the the goals scored were in favor of minnesota when he was on the ice so I think that, you know, he's going to have another big year if they can get him signed. I think he's a RFA right now. And then Brock Faber is going to come into this team and, and fill in that last spot. So I, I do see this as still being a Minnesota strong defensive core. And then goaltending question mark is always for me is can Gustafson be that guy again? He was fantastic last year, seventh in goal save above expected. I don't think anyone saw that coming. Um, so interested to see if he can be that guy again and if Marc-Andre Fleury is also another player on this team avoiding father time uh, special teams were pretty middle of the pack last year and I would expect the same out of them this year so I have them at three I'm fairly confident that they'll be third in this division you guys can try to convince me otherwise I think it's a strong team but they don't they they lack the the wow of a Colorado or a uh, Dallas Stars yeah I agree with Minnesota in the three spot I have them as my third and final playoff lock in this division Uh, after that I have a tier of one team where I've called it a playoff hopeful tier. And then I have a tier after that consisting of three teams that I have called playoff bubble tier. And then I have uh, one team in the very bottom tier in the eighth spot called lottery tier. So I guess you guys can guess who that is. But yeah, the number three spot for Minnesota makes a lot of sense um, to me as well. I agree with a lot of what you said, Case. They don't have a, that high-end scoring outside of Kaprizov and and Boldy, which, by the way, Boldy, I don't think gets enough credit around the league. For such a young player to come in and score at the pace that he's done, it's just incredible. Yeah. And I think Minnesota's hoping that Marco Rossi can be that player coming in this season for them. Marco Rossi's played 21 games in the NHL. He only has one point to show for it. But in the American League, he's about a point per game and has been ever since he stepped on to that North American ice, which is insane. So clearly that production isn't just going to fall off entirely. It'll catch up. He'll he'll be a productive player. It just takes time, especially when you're a bit undersized. So I'm not overly worried about that. And I'm expecting Rossi to take his step as a middle six forward for this team this year. But with all that being said, it's kind of crazy that this team lost a defenseman of the caliber of Matt Dumba and their decor looks just as good and you're not worried about it at all. Um, so I, I'm not worried about the back end on this team. And then in terms of goaltending, you know, Philip Gustafson was a really good goaltender in Ottawa in a limited sample size the year that he was traded. I believe he was hurt for like half of the year or something leading up to that trade deadline. And so they didn't really know exactly what they were going to get in Minnesota, but ever since he's arrived, he's been exactly what this team needed. Now I do think they'll go to a tandem situation again with Marc-Andre Fleury, but just think too, like room has to be made for Jesper Wallstedt coming up, whether it's this season or next. So I don't know exactly what they're going to do with, with Fleury, but I think he's the clear number two now, whereas last season he was maybe a 1A in a 1A, 1B situation, whereas now I think he's the 1B or just the backup. So uh, again, all of that being said, I think Minnesota is not a lock for the playoffs, but I think they're comfortably at number three in my mind. Uh, Harper, what do you think? 
Yeah, no, I, I agree with what a lot of you guys said there, and and I have the Minnesota Wild locked in at three as well. Um, we obviously, it sucks with with the dead cap money from the Parise and, and Suter buyouts, but you know what? It didn't seem to impact this team too much. You, you've got uh, you know your your two stars up front in in Boldy and Kaprizov. It'll be interesting to see what uh, Marco Rossi can do, and and they've got some really good underrated uh, younger players in that forward group as well. The Duhames, the Dewers, um, Mason Shaw is, is another guy that I like as well. And and then that back end is very underrated. Uh, Jonas Brodeen is an excellent skater and uh, just a really solid defenseman. Spurgeon, Brock Faber looked absolutely incredible coming right out of college. Um, so yeah, uh, kind of the same old song and dance for Minnesota. Perennial, perennial playoff team, a lot of fun to watch, but can they win a round? And, and that is that is the one question. You know, it has been so long. Can they win a playoff round? It's it's kind of getting to the, the Maple Leafs with these guys. Obviously not now because they did win a round, but First now round we're kind of looking at Minnesota. You know, when are they going to break through? But that being said, have them at number three and, and a lock to, to make the playoffs once again. All right, we'll move on to uh, that number four spot. And uh, Chad, I liked how you kind of separated the teams into into separate tiers. So uh, I think this is where it really gets interesting. So Case, let's go to you for number four in the Central. Well, you know what? This is I, I have two teams that I am flip flop on at number four. So I'm actually going to reverse Uno card this and, and send it back to let's hear Chad, if you can convince me of one team being higher than the other. Sure. So I mentioned that my fourth, my team that I'm putting in fourth spot is in a tier of its own in terms of, or in what I'm calling the tier is playoff hopeful, as opposed to the three teams in the tier below that I'm calling playoff bubble teams. So the number four spot, I have the Winnipeg Jets. Even though they've lost players like Wheeler and Pierre-Luc Dubois up front, I think their forward group is about the same. I don't think they're going to lose a ton of goals. You know, adding players like Ayafalo, Velarde, and Kupari from the uh, PLD trade, I think is going to be beneficial for them and, and might be able to spread out their offense a little bit more amongst their top nine forward group. I think that's going to be great. A guy like Nino Niederreiter, they'll have for the entire season. And they'll have another full year of Cole Perfetti, who is just getting older and better. And hopefully he can contribute a bit more offensively. So I think their top nine is still really, really good, even after losing two key pieces up front. You know, they still have Ehlers and they still have Shifley and they still have Connor. So it's not, I think that big of a deal losing those two players so i really like their offense in terms of defense i think they have a solid top five really i mean they don't have a lot of high-end scoring from their back end outside of a guy like morrissey but just reading through the names guys like pionk schmidt dylan and Demello, i think are all you know slot them in wherever you'd like but two to four guys on most teams in the league and that's their top five right there consisting of those five players and then you know the sixth guy isn't going to make or break your season so i don't think that's that big of a deal and then going to your goaltender you know as long as connor hellebuck stays healthy he hasn't had a bad season in the last decade 
Like he is one of the best goaltenders in the NHL year over year. You know, whether it's surface level stats or advanced stats, he is the guy who continues to put up incredible numbers and he plays more than anyone else as well. Over the last, I believe it's five years, Hellebuck has played the most games among any goalie uh, in the regular season, including a guy like Andre Vasilevsky, and it's not even close. So I think all of that combined just pointed me towards Winnipeg being this bubble playoff team. Uh, or, sorry, I shouldn't say bubble playoff team. Playoff hopeful because they should make the playoffs with this lineup that they have. But, you know, given the fact that the Pacific is extremely competitive, it's going to be tough. But yeah, that's why I have Winnipeg at number four. Thoughts on that, Casey? Yeah, okay. I can feel good about my, you know, how I had the rankings going into this. I did have Winnipeg in this spot. I just don't know what to think of this team at all. Like, is Shifley still getting traded? Is Hellebuck still getting traded? That's still up in the air. So, you know, that is going to completely change my outlook of this team. And they're just always so mediocre despite being so good on paper. So I never know where to put this team. I think I say that every single year. Like you could you could put the clips back to back to get back for me saying, I don't know, they could be good and they could be bad. Um, I, I just they did lose two of their top five scorers last year so they're gonna need velardi and perfetti to step up big time they're gonna need ehlers to stay healthy you said they have nikolai ehlers it's like do they i i feel like he hasn't played more than 50 games in the last six years so um they really need him to, to stick around and then that that top line is is scary good but uh i, I do like the ads i think that i follow is is one of those guys he was you know, competent in the back end as well as can put the puck in the net, same as Velarde and Kupari. Um, you know, there's a lot of potential there still. So we'll, we'll see what this can be. I like the top nine when I look at the team outright and the decor is always, it's steady. It's the same guys, you know, those five guys you mentioned are, are the same guys for the last five years. So I, I like it. Um, and then, yeah, goaltending. Hellebuck's going to steal games for you. They brought in a, a, a good backup in uh, Brassois. Um, you know, familiar face as well as he he had a good season last year. Um, really stepped up for Vegas in, in the late, in the wee hours of the season. So I do, I do like the team. I really don't know where they're going to end up, but I, I'm totally willing to have them at four. Yeah, the Winnipeg Jets and, and the Calgary Flames, I think, are kind of in the same spot. We don't really know what to expect from from both of these clubs. Uh, but yeah. Winnipeg had a uh, you know a much needed shakeup to to the roster this summer. I, I think, especially um, you know, parting ways with with a guy like Blake Wheeler. I think that was huge. It was high time that that needed to happen. Who knows what happens with uh, with Mark Shifley? Um, but we'll wait and see. And uh, it's it's not a guarantee that uh, that Hellebuck is as good as gone. You know this team. I, I do see them being competitive. Personally, I have them in the in the five spot. But um, 
they they will be competitive once again. That forward group doesn't look too bad at all, and um, I, I just yeah just don't know what to expect. But uh, certainly um, a, a little more optimism and not as much noise around the Jets now after this off season, and uh, they're not doubling down once again on the same group. They have uh, you know shaken it up a, a little bit. So, but personally, I, I had them in the in the number five spot, so I can get to the team that I had at the number four yeah. spot. If mm-hmm. you guys Let's hear it. All right. So obviously, you know, I'm good with conceding, putting the Jets at number four, but personally, I've got the Nashville Predators. And I think that, you know, these these two teams are, they're they're similar in some ways. You know, they've got the stud defenseman and, and, uh, and the stud goaltender. But, uh, you know, I, I just, I have to give the edge to Nashville a, a little bit, just looking at that with Roman Yossi and UC Saros versus um, Morrissey and Hellebuck. And really, it comes down to the two two defensemen. Morrissey had a ridiculous outlier season last year. Can he keep up that same production? We'll have to see. Although I will say about Nashville, that forward group up front, there's a lot more um, question marks with, with that forward group. I mean, it's looking like Ryan O'Reilly is going to be their their first line center and he's getting older and still a very good player, but the offense is declining a little bit. But I just look a lot at a lot of their young players who really surprised us and played really well for them in the second half of the season. And this team almost squeaked into the playoffs. So I just, I like the Predators to be able to carry over that momentum with the Novaks and the Evangelistas and the Tomasinos of the world and, and the list goes on. I just think that they'll be able to carry over that momentum. Um, you know, th- there will be a lot of uh, emphasis on the offensive side of the game with Andrew Burnett. I think it'll be a fun team to watch. And when you have guys like Yossi and, and Saros and Nett, you always have a chance. So uh, I, I'm giving the edge to Nashville a little bit in that four spot. What do you guys think? I think that this shocked me. This absolutely shocked me because I don't even have them in the five spot. I I'm I think so poorly of this team, I guess you could say. Um I, I, quickly I want to touch on Josh Morrissey. I don't think he's gonna be the guy he was last year because even the last quarter of that season, I think he kind of regressed back to what we can expect from Josh Morrissey, which is still a number one defenseman on a team. Um but to get to Nashville, uh, I'll start from goal. I'll start from the net out instead of going the other way, because obviously you guys know I love Saros. I think he's maybe the second best goalie in the league. So uh, I could even think of giving him the 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 edge over a Hellebuck if if you really force me to. I'd be fine with that. Uh, so obviously I like the goaltending on this team again. Just like Minnesota, no shocker, Nashville has a good decor. It's been that way, you know, forever, as long as I can remember. I really like the way that their D is set up in that it's like one guy who can move the puck well and one guy who smashes bodies. And it's it's just, it's pretty simple. Peanut butter and jelly. It's all so the way, true. Like one, two, three. You got Yossi and uh, um, Shen. You got McDonough and Barry. You got Fabro and carrying like it's fantastic how they have it set up i love the decor the forwards i don't 
understand who is going to score goals on this team. Last year, their leading scorer was Roman Yossi with 59 points. Obviously, there's some injuries. Forsberg was out for a while. He had 50, played 50 games. I mean, I just don't get it. I don't know who's going to score. Harper, I want you to tell me their first two lines. How are their first two lines going to be set up? Well, and and again, I you know it, it's going to be interesting, but I mean it's it's got to be O'Reilly, Forsberg, then who would that other winger be? Tomasino, maybe. So that's a problem right there. The <laughs> fact that you couldn't name another first line forward on this team, but continue. Sorry for interrupting. Who's the second line? No, no, that's okay. And then Cody Glass would be your second line center. He did take a nice step <laughs> last year and and almost was a, a 40 point player. But uh, and then you've got, you know, Tommy Novak could be in that top six. Gustav Nyquist as well. <laughs> okay, um, so you named one second line player in my opinion in, in Thomas Novak. So I, I like the Cody Glass outlook that he's going to take another step, but the fact that yeah. he said he was almost a 40-point player and then said he was your 2C on this team, that's the problem for me. This forward core is not good, and I just mm-hmm. don't know who's going to score goals, and it's it's just bleak if I look if I put it plainly. So um, I definitely think this team is good if you if you stop at the defense. Like that's that's where I'm at with them. Do, do you know what the forward core reminds me of? It reminds me of a worse version of the Dallas Stars. Because when I look at Nashville's forward group, it's a bunch of has-beens. You know, guys like Ryan O'Reilly and Gus Nyquist. Compare those two players to, say, a, a Ben and Sagan, who are both better than those two players. But here's where their comparison comes in. Mixed with... A bunch of young players who we don't really know exactly how they're going to pan out. Guys like Cody Glass, Evangelista, Tomasino, etc. And and you know then you can compare that to Dallas with guys like you know Wyatt Johnston and and you know J Rob who is a young player but is incredible. So I just I see the comparison there in terms of makeup, but obviously Dallas is just way better, <laughs> and and Nashville's is just not very good so i'm with you case like i don't know who's gonna score on this team um because if it's not roman yossi it's gonna be tough but that being said i think their decor and goaltending is good enough and the fact that last year they had 92 points with a similar makeup up front i think that alone all of that considered is good enough to get them into my number five spot so although harper had them at number four i think we have to go winnipeg there then nashville at number five and so now i think we move on to talk about number six even though case i know you didn't believe in nashville at all at number I, five dude you could have convinced me that they'd be seven like i was waiting for someone to convince me of that so um yeah, if we got to make a consensus here. I'm I'm fine with it, but I want to be on record in saying that I don't think that this team is good. I'll take Wyatt Johnson over every player on this team, except maybe Forsberg. That's that's where I'm at, and Wyatt yeah. Johnson's like the sixth or fifth best forward on Dallas. Yeah, well, so yeah. I. The comparison just, was for the makeup, and I'm no, just no, no. I, I, I hear you. I yeah. was just thinking of the f- the best team in this division yeah. versus this team. Like that's right. That's how I see it. I think the decor is great. I'm, I'm. I just want to reiterate that. Love it, and I think the goalie is the second best in the league. But 
Um, they're not going to win games one nothing. Yeah. It's just not going to happen in today's NHL. So we'll see. Yeah. Also, well, to I, go I, against my position a little bit, looking at the decor outside of Yossi, they have some good players, of course. You know, like Shen compliments uh, an offensive defenseman on that top pair. Well, he did that with uh, Morgan Riley in the playoffs last year, so that's fine. McDonough and Barry, both guys who might be a little bit past their prime, and then Fabro and Carrier is, you know, whatever. So, like, the decor is good, I, and I wrote that in my notes. It's good, not great. I like the makeup, but again, it's just not top tier. I do still think, though, that they're going to be in that playoff bubble tier that i have three teams in and i would be willing to swap but just given the fact that harp had them at number four i think it makes sense for our consensus rankings okay okay cool and 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 just the final thing i mean the leading scorer on this team has to be philip forsberg like he has to have a huge year don't you think well unless yossi gets 100 again (laughs) or like close to he had two years ago so yeah i just i mean it's it's been the same story for years now. It's like, yeah, Philip Forsberg's going to be the leading scorer on this team. He's going to have 60 points. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. that's Nashville. Yeah. Now, don't quote me on saying Forsberg's going to have 60 points this year. I think he'll have more than that. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying like the last few years, that's the way it's always been. It's like, yeah, Forsberg had 66 points this year. He led the team in scoring for forwards by 20. Yeah. <laughs> And Roman Yossi had 25 more than him. (laughs) Yeah. Now there's that outlier season two years ago where Duchesne was sick again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right. So Winnipeg at four, Nashville at five. And Case, I know you don't like it, but that's that's what we got to go with. So anyway, is. let's uh, let's go to six. Uh, we've got six, seven, and eight here. Three more teams to talk about to finish off the division. So uh, Case, let's go back to you for number six. Yeah, I mean, I had St. Louis over Nashville. Um, I do still like the makeup this te- of this team. I think they're going to retool and be back stronger than they were last year. It was very disappointing. But you're going to get a bounce back season out of a Cairo who was still good. I just mean he's going to be even better next year. Same as Robert Thomas. So you've got that high end scoring on this team. And then you're going to look for guys like... Hayes and Verona to come in and have an immediate impact. You're going to ask for a Jake Neighbors to take another step this year. And then there's still some other pieces on this team of guys who can score. I think Sunquist had a pretty underrated season with Minnesota last year, as well as, you know, Braden Shen is still a very solid player, as, and Buchnevich had his best season. So I like the makeup of the, the forwards. D is a below average decor. We'll see what happens with Tory Krug. They failed at trading him already. So, uh, you know, he probably doesn't feel very wanted on this team. So it'll be interesting to see what they do there. Outside of that, you know, it's a lot of guys who are very competent on defense, but just nothing stands out to me. Um, and then goaltending is a little scary, uh, but it's voodoo. So Bennington could be, you know, 2018 Binnington again you never know um obviously I don't feel very confident in their goaltending but I think that the forward core is so much better than Nashville and and then the defense is good enough so I had this team at five in my rankings but I can definitely put them in at six for you guys 
Well, we will see because I have St. Louis in the number seven spot, actually. And there's a team on the hat that Harper is wearing that's going in the number six spot for me. And that's the Arizona Coyotes. But before we get to that, let's chat about St. Louis a little bit more. Um, Case, I like the points you made about their forward group, even though they're losing players like Ryan O'Reilly and Nolachari for a full season now going forward. Adding Kevin Hayes is going to be nice to sort of stabilize their top six forward group, I would say, down the middle. Dude, that, that one, two, three C, Thomas yeah. Shen Hayes. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, I, I guess, yeah, Hayes would be the three C. But yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty solid. I mean, even though he was overpaid in Philadelphia, he's still a good player. And adding a guy like Vrana for a full season who had 14 points in 20 games last year, that's going to be solid as well, as long as there's not any off-ice shenanigans with him. We don't really know the extent of of why he's been up and down between the NHL and AHL. He clearly has the talent to play, so let's just hope he's able to stay in the NHL all year and have a good season. Um, but yeah, their, their top six, their top nine really is solid. I like their forward group. That being said, I hate their defense and I hate their goaltending. Bennington as a number one is not good enough. We've seen now for consecutive seasons that he hasn't been even as good enough to be in a tandem situation. And they don't have a capable backup. They they have, what's his name? Heifer as, as Ho- Hofer. Oh, yeah, Joel Hofer. As, as uh, the backup. Hefer, he's not a cow. Only the future, though, in St. Louis. Yeah, he's but, be good. yeah, but that doesn't matter right now. You can't have a goalie who's not good be in a tandem situation, and you can't have him as just a backup because your starter's no good in the first place. I know it's a lot to put on goaltending, and that isn't the main reason why I have this team in number seven, but it's just, it is a factor because I don't like the makeup of it at all. I think they should have gone out and got like a good backup goalie a guy like Marc-Andre Fleury would have made a ton of sense he's not great but he can at least push Bennington and have a bit of that internal competition and stability back there I think that would have been great but their decor overpaid old slow I hate it and just want to compare this team in every position um, to Arizona I think I take Arizona all day. I take their tandem situation in net, even though, you know, a guy like Vimalka is a bit unproven, um, though he was really good last season. And a guy like Ingram, again, a bit unproven, though he was good in stretches. I still take that over Bennington as your number one expected to play 60 plus games on defense. I take Arizona's decor, adding guys like Dumba and Dursey really solidify that for me. Uh, Victor Soderstrom playing more games this season, I think will be uh, important for their offense from the back end. And then up front, I just like Arizona's forwards better. So I have them at number six, St. Louis at number seven. Harper, I see that you probably agree. What are your thoughts on, on that ranking? Well, I, uh, first of all, on, on the Blues, I just think that uh, it's it's another retool year for, for St. Louis. And, you know, it's not going to be long before they're a contender again. But they had an excellent draft. And I just think that, you know, they, they've lost a lot of key pieces along the way. And they're still going to take some time to get back into 
playoff contention and, and being a contender again. I think that, you know, losing the Petrangelos and the O'Reillys and pieces like that has kind of hurt this team a little bit. And I'm with you, Chad, all the way, man. I, I don't like uh, Bennington, the goaltending situation there, and I don't like the back end. Pareko had a terrible season last year. Justin Falk is a good defenseman, but he's overpaid. Tory Krug, same thing. Scandella's been banged up. Nick Letty overpaid and aging as well. It's just it's it's not it's not good enough. So uh, I too have the Arizona Coyotes in that sixth spot. I know, surprise, surprise, <laughs> and St. Louis in that number seven spot. So uh, we can we can move on and talk about the uh, the Coyotes now. Chad, I know you did a little bit. Do you want me to talk about the Oats a little bit? Uh, well, I'll, ju- I'll just come back because I feel like I didn't talk about their forward group as much as I wanted to. I just wanted to add as well that adding a player like Jason Zucker makes a lot of sense up front. I feel like that adds to their top six or top nine, wherever they want to play them and gives them some leadership. Uh, and then a player like Alex Kerfoot for depth at the same contract that he was signed to in Toronto. I think they really like that having a versatile player who has sort of been around the block and isn't just a guy to chuck into your lineup like some of the other players they had uh, you know, in years past. And then of course, getting Logan Cooley from school, I think is going to be an incredible ad for them. I expect him to be one of, if not the best rookie in the NHL this year. I think he's ready to take on that role. Um, and then just guys like Gunther and Jack McBain being a year older and ready for more opportunity. I just like their forward group so much. And uh, and, and yeah, adding that on top of, uh, you know, how much I like the additions they made on the back end. I just think that this team is in a better position to not contend, but at least take a step and push for a playoff spot this year. And that's why I have them as a playoff bubble team. But yeah, so that's what I wanted to say about their their offense. Well, again, surprise, surprise. I, I totally agree with, with all of that. And uh, I could I could even, you know, I, I wanted to put this team in the, in the fifth spot. And, and obviously, we're, we're not going to do that. But uh, but look, I agree. This team is, is a playoff bubble team. They took a nice step forward last year, surprised a lot of us with uh, 70 points. They're well coached. Clayton Keller is a star now in this league. They've got a good young <coughs> core. Michelli, Kraus, Nick Schmaltz is a great player. Very underrated, I think. Barrett Hayton took a big step forward. And like a lot of their homegrown guys that they've either drafted or they've traded for, brought in off waivers or whatever. And, you know, Chad, you mentioned the additions of Dumba and Dursey on the back end, which is huge. But another year for J.J. Moser, who I think has very quickly become one of the most underrated D in in the NHL. Yusuf Valimaki, who uh, was claimed off waivers, he's fit like a glove with this team. The addition of Alex Kerfoot up front as well. Um, This team is going to be a lot of fun to watch they uh they're big they they crash and bang they've got some offense and uh they're just a hungry team and uh and and i think they take a step forward and i could see the the coyotes being a uh, a buffalo or ottawa uh team of of last year this season and uh kind of be in that bubble and you know um 
and 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 be close. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs this year, but playoffs in 24-25, but another step forward getting into the mid-80s range. I could see that for, for the Coyotes, so I love that. Okay. Well, I don't even know where I put my key to, to unlock them from the seventh spot in this division, so <laughs> I guess I'll have to look around to appease to you guys, but I'm just not there for this team. Um, I think, obviously, they've taken some steps on the forward core. They brought in Zucker and, and Kerfoot and Bukestad, and all of that's going to be fine and dandy. Logan Cooley's going to be a big impact to this team and I'm, I'm excited for that i also hope that dylan gunther can be a big impact as well you know be a mainstay here now but i still think that they lack a one and two c i always like to build my team from the center and out uh that's why i like st louis more than arizona is because they have a one two and three c whereas arizona doesn't have a first or second line center in my opinion I think Barrett Hayden did take a step last year. I still think he's a 3C on most teams. And then Logan Cooley is going to be one of those guys who comes in and is going to be playing wing most of the time. I, I fully think that that's going to be the case. It's going to be the same as Jack Hughes or, uh, you know, pick your young, small forward with offensive talent. It's He's going to be on the wing. So I don't think they have the center. The center core is not there for me. I do like their their additions i think the offense is going to be fun to watch but i don't think it's there yet and i don't think that you could have convinced me that this decor is not shit i i just that's where i'm at with it like <laughs> that i don't know I, I i can hear the jj moser underrated comments i think that that makes sense i think that he's a good defenseman and one of the only bright spots on the back end um matt dumba you know there he's their number one guy now and we just said that he's coming from a team that's not even going to notice he's gone so i, I don't know the, the argument's there um sean dersey is another good ad obviously i think it, he's going to log a lot of minutes and he's going to be qb1 but um we'll see uh, I think that the only way that he's been solidified as an NHL player right now is seeing him as the second pair in LA kind of getting, you know, sheltered time once Doughty and um, Anderson are off the ice. So I'll be interested to see him kind of getting a little bit more exposure. We'll see if he takes a step back or if he takes it by the reins. I hope he succeeds because I like the player, but I don't know what that's going to be. And then the rest of the decor doesn't interest me at all. So um, it's really not there for me. Uh, I know you guys are, are laughing and, and smirking, but it's just not, I, I'm not, you can't convince me of that. And then the goaltending is just okay, which I mean, it's neither here nor there. If one thing I've learned in fantasy is that Carol Vimalka can only win games he should definitely not win. Yep. When he's playing in a game that, you know, they have a chance, he's just kind of average. But if he's playing the Leaves Vegas on Golden Knights or the Toronto Maple Leafs on Hockey Night in Canada, he's going to be good. Mm-hmm. Other than that, you know, Connor Ingram, he's a fine goalie but they've have a 1b 1c situation going on here or or maybe 1b and 1 or 2a i don't what do you call it (laughs) (laughs) connor ingram is just very much a backup goalie and he's probably a third goalie on 
on 75% of the teams in the league. Carol Vaymelk is a backup goalie on most, but he is definitely the starter of Arizona. And I like watching him because he's a wild card. Uh, I don't know. I, I had them so locked at number seven, uh, but I guess they'll be our number six team. Yeah. Listen, guys, we're arguing about one spot here. Like, you know, what if, like we're talking about St. Louis versus Arizona. What if one or two players on St. Louis gets hurt and Arizona, one or two players does extremely well in, in taking a step, you know, moving forward. Like so many things can happen over the course of an 82 game season. I do think putting Arizona six and St. Louis seven is sort of the one hot take we've had so far in terms of our yeah. consensus rankings, but it's one, it's a bet I'm willing to make. And, and that's why and clearly you are too harper and that's why we have it that way but so that so that's how we'll we'll finish out six and seven arizona six st louis seven all we have now to talk about is the number eight spot and that's uh connor bedard and and his gang of merry men so why don't we get into that and and case why don't you just start talking about them quickly and then we'll wrap up why does this team look like an expansion team <laughs> why <laughs> like historic team dynasty team in the 2010s but now they're an expansion team they have old guys filling out their bottom six that you know are easy pickings in an expansion draft you have the heavy contracts of decent players that you take on as a favor and maybe they picked up some picks so they 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 got a taylor hall and a seth jones um from other teams somehow and then they're rookies that they drafted in carter bedard and lucas reichel that's what this team is it's an expansion team they're full of third line players so uh, um i mean that's my comments at the forward core defense probably the worst decor in the league yeah, I don't know if that's a bold take. I don't think it is by any no. means. And goaltending isn't far behind. Probably the worst tandem in the league. So, um, yeah, that's Chicago. I, I think the goaltending comment is probably the most true one. Honestly, I think I think it's the worst tandem in the league. Peter Mrazek is your starter, and Soderblom, I guess, is your backup. If we're talking. You know, case we we're trying to do the letters and numbers for Arizona. If we're talking letters and numbers, I think we're looking at two, three C's here. And I'm not talking about <laughs> third line centers. I'm talking about goaltenders here, Mrazic yeah. and Soderblom. So, yeah, it's not a good team, um, but that's okay because they're rebuilding. They got the yeah. best player available uh, for his age group in the entire world in this most recent draft that Gary Bettman definitely didn't rig in Connor Bedard. And they'll get a good pick next year as well where there's some pretty damn good players available too. So if you're a Chicago fan, you know, it's going to be rough, but... In the future, this team is going to be really good. And, uh, you know, you're going to be able to watch Connor Bedard for the next three seasons at minimum. So that's a good thing. I think that uh, no doubt this team is in the bottom of this division and they're not going to be very good, but they will be better than they were last season, of course, with Bedard, Taylor Hall, uh, Taylor Radish is a is is a, a very good kind of underrated player for this team. We'll see if a guy like Kevin Korchinski makes the team out of camp. Uh, he is uh, definitely their second best prospect and, and has the potential to be an elite defenseman in this 
this league. Goaltenders, too. I, I mean, yeah, Mrazek and Soderblom. Uh, Jackson Stauber also showed something in a in a limited uh, sample size last year for, for this team. So, yes, they're, they're not going to be very good at the bottom of this division. Another lottery uh, year for the Hawks, and they'll be in the <laughs> Celebrini, Iserman sweepstakes and all that. Um, but... I think this team is going to surprise some people and and may win more games than we think just with the injection of Bedard and and a full year for Reichel and we'll see if Korchinski can get on the team and you know what kind of a year does Taylor Hall have playing with with Bedard and and Radish and Athanasiu is back and some of these guys and they're very well coached as well by by Luke Richardson so I'm excited to see the Blackhawks I I, I really am uh but no doubt they're in the bottom of this division but uh, it's not going to be long before before they're good again yeah well they had 59 points last year it's pretty hard to be worse than that even as a tanking team so yeah i could see them in the even 70 point range wouldn't shock me to be honest exactly so uh but yeah i think that does it for the the central no yep Yes, it sure does. All right, there we go. That's a wrap on uh, the Western Conference as a whole, the Pacific and the Central. And uh, now we we get into uh, the the fun stuff. We get into the, well, it's all fun, but we get into the East next week, starting with the Metro, of course, and then the Atlantic. So that's going to be fantastic. And uh, thanks so much for, for listening to this one, episode 181. We'll be back with you next week when we talk about the Metro. Take care. This has been another episode of Boys in the Booth with Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at patreon.com slash boysinthebooth.